0: Welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we'll interview real people living the real Master Slave Lifestyle. All consensual and all in different ways. And in this episode...
1: I don't remember the last time I had an orgasm. So yeah, I don't think there's, a, I don't think there's an aspect of my sexuality and my relationship that hasn't been impacted. The denial and the chastity sort of like give you the time and the, the energy to explore these pathways inside yourself. This is masterslavelifestyle.com
0: Embarking on the master-slave lifestyle is a journey like no other. It's filled with self-discovery, challenges, and moments of profound realisation. However, navigating this path can often feel overwhelming. Do any of these sound familiar? Battling shame and self-doubt. Uncertainty about needs. Seeking safe next steps. What if I told you there was a tangible physical companion that can guide you through these challenges? A journal crafted specifically for those living or exploring the master-slave lifestyle. A compass for your personal journey, it's a luxury hardback journal to use for your journey. 12 months of entries you can start at any time, trendy tools and exercises that guide you every step of the way to find the right life and master and slave for you. And it comes with free delivery. Find out more at masterslavelifestyle.com slash journal. Hello everyone, so I'm delighted to have this guest on the podcast Um, whenever I've had a question about chastity, I will always go to this website to find out more. And this website is Denying Thumper. And for this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Thumper onto the episode. Welcome. Thank you. It's uh, it's really great to be here. So what I'd like to start with is, could you explain to everyone how you got into chastity originally, please?
1: Yeah, sure. It it sort of happened by accident. Uh, I was on a, an adult website and doing some shopping as one does. And uh, they had like 24 different categories of things. Um, and one of them, the, the bottom was like miscellaneous or other or something like that. I don't remember exactly what they called it. And I was thinking like, you have 24 categories of, of sex toys, but then you have to have one that's for others. So of course, I'm like, I want to see what's in there because um, that's just who I am. And and as soon as I opened it up, it was like medical stuff, uh, but there was also chastity devices in there, and I had never seen one of those before in my life. I I of course you know you've heard of chastity devices you know through you know Monty Python and things like that, but I had never um, I had never seen one in real life. I didn't know that was a thing you could buy or or put on. And and uh, the moment that I saw them. And that they were a real thing it was it it was like there was a like a a wire was connected in my head or something i'm like i need to try that i need to have that um so it sent me down this rabbit hole my recollection was they didn't really have any good devices on their website they were all pretty much shit but um after that i started uh doing just a little bit of googling and then i found the cb6000 which was pretty much the the best one you could buy at the time um, I to and, uh, and yeah, yeah, the the rest is history. So f- for me, it was, it was really strange <clears throat> in that I, I went from like, not knowing it was even a thing you could do to immediately knowing it was a thing I had to do like, uh, in just, in just a couple of seconds. And so that was, that was how I, how I got into it. I, in, in retrospect, you know, if, if I think back about my history and my sexual history, um, there's a lot of things about me that make chastity make sense, you know, the way that I, I, I have sort of a thing about, um, feeling penile constriction, you know, constriction of, of erections, like even before chastity, um, that's a way that I would masturbate or, um, or, or just sort of play with myself in, in that way. So it it turns out, I think that there was something sort of, there's something inherent in me that really enjoys, The sensation of being in chastity so when i saw the thing i immediately understood what it was for and i immediately understood what it was going to feel like and then i just you know i had to have it and luckily i'm i'm in a relationship with a woman who is um super willing to go along with my experimentation so uh yeah that's how i got to where i am basically nice and how
0: has it changed your kind of sexual energy? You know, ha- have a kind of a change from before you were in chastity to kind of now?
1: Uh, I, I don't think there's a way that it hasn't changed me. Honestly, I, I think that, uh, I mean, clearly, I'm I'm a lot more horny more often <laughs> than I would <laughs> than I would normally be. Um, uh, that's that goes without saying. I think that it it's, you know, the way I think about it is, and I think I've written about it this way too on my blog, but um, I think of it like a, sort of like a reservoir, right? And, and when the water's high, there's all kinds of uh, terrain that you don't see. But when the water goes down, it sort of surfaces a bunch of things that were always there. They just weren't visible before. And so I think of chastity and, and orgasm denial, those two things specifically put together because one of them, um, you know, when you're in chastity, you're denied access to your own body. You're denied access to this part of you that, that if you grew up um, as I did, like, you know, the penis is like this really central part of who you are as a sexual being. um, You don't get access to that. And then you also don't get access to relief from to, you know, sexual relief. So um, those two energies put together sort of like reveal this terrain uh, that I think is there. All the time in most people. So for me, one of the big ways that it changed me is it just, it allowed me to better recognize and accept all of these aspects to my sexuality that, that I probably, had I stopped to really interrogate myself about it, I would have discovered them anyway. But um, being denied and being locked up uh, really just helps me understand so much better, you know, I'm a masochist I've always been a bit of a masochist but um now I really understand that better really into bondage you know it's an interesting aspect of of chastity in that it is it is bondage but it's bondage you can like take to the store with you it's bondage that you can just take into your everyday life um my submissiveness being able to really sort of um appreciate that embrace that um so yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's an aspect of my sexuality and 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 my relationship um that hasn't been impacted by denial and chastity. Nice. I love that kind of metaphor
0: of kind of all of this train suddenly kind of emerging for you. So what right. was the reason for you that that, that those things started to emerge? Was it because you weren't masturbating, and therefore these other other
1: things became clearer to you, or, or was there
0: a sort of different reason?
1: I think that the, my theory is that you know if if you if you can masturbate whenever you feel like it, whenever you get horny and you want to go off and and take care of that, um, it it kind of hides a lot of things. Like it, to me, it's like having having this um this sexual desire, this energy build up um, allows me to better to better recognize aspects of my sexuality that otherwise would were just buried under like not being that turned on all the time relatively speaking because whenever I did get a l- even a little bit turned on, you know most guys um, you get the tiny little inkling of 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 being a little horny and you can just go take care of yourself real quick and that just goes away. And and what I was finding is as you as you get older, I think it's also natural that the those those peaks, um, they come you know further and further apart, be, just because of, of how hormones work and and how you age. Uh, but if you're not masturbating, if you're not able to have an orgasm, then those peaks, you know, they build up higher and and that they sort of like they just make the light brighter, you know, um, in you know, your, your sexuality is, is just better illuminated by all that extra energy that you have building up. And, and I really think that's, that's what it was. I I think that it's, it's, you, you don't really feel the need to explore a lot of the little nooks and crannies of your sexuality. If you don't, if you feel super, um, satisfied all the time, right? I mean, if all you have to do is go off and, and jerk off and, and that's it, you're done, um, and then you feel fine again, then you don't really ever have, I, I think that's what happens. I think that the denial and the chastity sort of like give you um, the time and and the the energy to explore these pathways inside yourself that otherwise you just wouldn't wouldn't be doing. Um, at least I wasn't doing.
0: It, it does the control aspect is that something that that's important for you as well like giving giving your wife oh, the sure. key Absolutely
1: yeah yeah absolutely I I think that again that's a that's an aspect of myself that that I didn't really appreciate you know again there were all kinds of little flags and 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 indications along the way um that that should have should have told me if I had had the words or even understood the concepts that that I was a sub but being in a in a situation where um I, I I gave over control of this part of my body made me understand that it's something that I really need i actually I don't know that I identify you know I've always identified as bisexual, but I think that the more important identity for me right now is submissive because i'm not I'm not that you know restricted with regard to whom i who my partner is from a gender standpoint, but what I really need is I need, I need to be submissive. I need that. And, and that's chastity has helped me understand that as well. Um, I would be really dissatisfied if I was in a relationship where there wasn't some aspect of, of DS um, playing into it. I just, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, the control aspect is hugely important for me. I need to be controlled. I don't want to have access to this, you know, part of my body, I want it to be, um, denied me and then have someone else decide if, and when I get to do anything with it. That's, that's really important to me for sure. Like I've spoken to some
0: people and they have said it's, uh, like a relief and they don't have to worry about it. You know, that that they can kind of channel the energy to do other things. And, Rather than thinking oh, I'm horny, I must do something about this. Or, I'll do something about this again and again and again. It's like, well, actually, I can't do anything, so I'll focus on other things. Have have have, have you had yeah. that, or have I- you come across that in other people?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think that on on my blog I have this little saying. It's in French because I think it sounds cool. But you know, I don't if you speak French. It's just you know what you say. But it's it's something to the effect of of. um being set free through, through being locked up, you know, something to that effect, right? Um, Again, the, I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be. I feel like this is how I'm supposed to be. So, uh, there is a sense of freedom in that. And, and I would, I would rather be, I would rather want to have things than necessarily have them, you know, Um, and by not getting them, it does allow me to spend more time focusing on the things that, that actually, I think bring me more pleasure, which is specifically providing pleasure to my partners, right? So whoever I'm, I'm having sex with, I want it to be more about them than it is about me. And if I'm all locked up and nothing can happen with me in that way, then it's really easy for me to focus primarily on their pleasure, which is what I want. That's what makes me happy. Um, I find that if I'm allowed to have sex where I'm not locked up and I get to have an orgasm at the end, sure. That feels really good In, in the moment. There's of course we're like designed over, you know, millions and millions of years of evolution for that to feel good but then I don't, I don't feel good when it's over. You know, I feel much better when it doesn't happen. Um, and that's just, that's just how I am. Thank you.
0: So what is the longest that you've been between orgasms?
1: You know, I used to keep track. It used to be really important for me to keep track of that sort of thing. Um, I remember when I went a whole week without an orgasm, that was, that was a really big deal. And then like a whole month. Um, so you're sort of remember these, these, these milestones a week, a month. Um, I remember when it was like the first night and she didn't let me come and the next day, what that made me feel like. Um, but at this point I have no idea. I have no idea. I I've gone uh, probably more than three months, less than nine months would be what I would say. Um, and it isn't because to be clear, there are times when she wants me to have an orgasm. She wants to feel me have an orgasm. So like she wants me to have an orgasm for her, not for me. Mm -hmm. So um, that's typically when it happens, that's why it's happening because she wants that experience for herself. Um, Otherwise, uh, if she didn't really feel that, uh, I don't know how long it would go. Um, But yeah, I I would say, you know, longer than three months, shorter than nine months, somewhere in there. I I think, yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't even know because I don't keep track of it anymore, and I forget. Like I was thinking that this morning, um, I don't remember the last time I had an orgasm. It doesn't really important, you know. Um, so I just I just stop thinking about it.
0: it, it it's interesting because I can imagine some people lis- listening to this and going, oh, "How how <laughs> how can this be in the case?" So um, because of that, I want to ask them the question. It, it's not as if you're not. Um, you're hating yourself, or, or hating hating the fact you, you haven't come in so long. When we um, have these long periods, is it?
1: No, no. I mean, it's just how it's supposed to be. It's how I'm supposed to be. It's how I and and, and I agree with you. People would hear that. I, I, in fact, I wrote a blog post about this a little while back. Um, it's hard for me to remember when I wrote anything because I've written so many blog posts now. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I just wrote that one and it turns out it was like three years ago. But I feel like I just wrote this one where it's like, if you had told me at the beginning that not only like literally at the very beginning of this, that not only was I not going to want to come, but I was going to be in a situation where it didn't happen for months and months at a time, it might've scared me off. It might've met me not do it. But the reality is, it would have made me incredibly turned on to hear that. And so I think that there's like either if you hear something like that, if you hear me say like, I don't know, remember the last time I came and I don't really care when it happens again, the point of it, the point for me of having sex isn't to come. And so I don't really care if that's part of it. In fact, I'd probably prefer it not to be. If you hear that and you're like horrified, then that could be a, good clue that maybe you don't want to use chastity the way that we do the way that i do maybe you want to use it you know in a scene or for a weekend or something like that um but if you hear what i said and that really turns you on then like well guess what i mean that could be that could be something that you want to you want to explore because um i kind of think that our, our dicks don't lie <laughs> and so when when something turns us on it's it's probably worth considering as like that's how we are. Um, and of course, everyone's different. So I, I think that's that's a genuine thing. Some people get freaked out, or just the idea of it scares them. Maybe it turns them on, but they're still kind of scared by it. Um, I think that's that's normal. There's been a lot of, you know, during this whole period, I remember when um I first discovered uh the concept of cuckolding, which was not a thing that I was aware of. Uh it it simultaneously terrified me, but also Turned me on to think that something like that would turn me on. I just think that's part of growing, you know, sexually to to understand Can you the, the, what that the, is for how would I not know. Yeah, so cuckolding. Um, it, when I first discovered it, it was pretty much considered to be sort of a heterosexual thing, male female. But but recently, in the past couple of years, I think that cuckolding is has also uh, been a, a concept that's been embraced uh, by same sex couples as well. But the idea basically is uh, traditionally um, in a cuckold relationship, the, the, the woman is free to have sex with whoever she wants, whenever she wants it. And the, the male in the relationship um, isn't um, to such an extent that maybe he's not even allowed to have sex with her. So she's allowed to have whatever sex she wants, and he's, he's not allowed to, to have penetrative sex with her. Um, so there's, it's a sort of extreme um, imbalance of, of control and power in that relationship. And it's, it's, it, but that's also who I am. That's exactly who I am. I would love for my wife to go off and and have those kind of experiences that would give me an extraordinary amount of, of pleasure, uh, because that's just who I am. But when I first discovered that about myself, it was sort of terrifying because we're not, you know, no, we're not sort of raised in a culture where I have any frame of reference for that sort of, of feeling, you know, um, But, but it's a, it's a, it's just an example of, of, you know, the, the things that scare us the most, you know, as we are exploring our sexuality, I think that's a really interesting tell, you know, if you're scared by it, not horrified or, or disgusted or something like that, but actually like, oh God, you know, that, that's, that's kind of interesting. And I'm a little nervous to think about that. I think that that is something that is an indication that it might be something that we need to explore a little more deeply.
0: I, I, I kind of uh, have this image of like standing by, by a cliff edge and there's this sort of fear of being by, by the cliff edge, but also this wonder of the view and the space oh, yeah. that's, that's there. And there's this kind I of fusion. Yeah,
1: it's a great analogy. It's like being on some sort of like thrill ride at an amusement park or something. And just that moment just before it goes off and you're terrified, but you also really, really want it to happen. You know, I think, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's the kind of, yeah fear that i'm talking about
0: Um, for me like my personal exploring of chastity is that i've always seen it as like controlling the energy as well so if i'm not mm-hmm. kind of coming then i've got this buildup of uh, energy but what i found is that i need right. to channel that energy to something for me it's normally service as a slave be that sexual service mm-hmm. or, or something else and if i don't have that ability yeah. to kind of give out that energy then there's only a limited time that right. I can actually spend in chast- chastity until the energy gets too much for me. Um, have you come across that or have you had similar
1: experiences? Absolutely. You know, I think that that's one of the, the if, if you're going to experience chastity long-term, chastity and denial, because not everyone, some people, you know, like we used to, the way we used to do it is she would let me out to have sex. And, and I would have orgasm like almost every weekend. So it's like my, my chastity, my, my denial was only like a week or two at a time, but I was in chastity all the time. So I do think there's a little bit of a differentiation between these two things. Like Sometimes you'll be locked up, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily being denied a lot. But if you are being denied a lot, and that's what we're talking about right now, there is this buildup of energy. And it isn't, you know, I used to think that it was like this, like it just kept going up and up and up and up and it just kept getting higher and higher and higher. And that's not exactly how it works either. Because if that is how it works, like we would explode from from the tension at some point. It, I, what I find is it it builds and builds and builds and then it sort of plateaus and then it sort of like, you know, meanders up and down a little bit and it can actually go down quite a bit. Um, but but I agree with you, the, the 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 learning to deal with that extra energy, I think is is um is a really important part of of learning how to be denied and in chastity for a long period and And I think that I agree with you that you one 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 sort of um tactic is to find an outlet for that energy. It can be in service, it can be you know physical activity, you know physical fitness, running, working out, something like that um but it does need to go somewhere and because otherwise it'll just you know drive you crazy um but then also what i found over time is is almost like a meditation almost like a a a, a mantra that i say to myself that that instead of letting it eat me up um and drive me crazy and this is a thing that happens at night cuz sometimes i'll go to bed and i'll be super duper tired but i'm also really really horny and those two things fight all night long. And then I'll wake up in the morning and not actually have gone to sleep all night long. So the way that I sort of bring myself down from those periods is to sort of repeat to myself um, that this is how I'm supposed to be, that this is, this is, this is what I am. This is how I'm supposed to be so that it isn't, I don't treat it like some sort of like ailment or affliction. It's more of like, uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a feature of who I am and sort of that will, it doesn't take it away like i still feel it but it sort of calms me down enough so that i can i can function and in that case function means fall asleep or function could mean not be so distracted that i can't work uh, that sort of thing so i think that i think that there's sort of a dual track i think part of it is physical you need to have a physical outlet for that and either it's just to keep busy um, to to you know apply it to service i think is is a really smart way to do it um, go for a run, go lift some weights, something like that. And mentally, emotionally, you need to take care of it too. And the way that I do that is just by talking myself through it and reminding myself that this is how this isn't even how I want to be. This is just how I am. This isn't a thing. Denial isn't a thing that I do. It isn't a thing that is done to me. It is an integral part of who I am. And so that will that will provide for me the sort of emotional comfort to get through those periods when it's really really hard because it can be it can be really really hard
0: so i was was also speaking to someone um recently and that they were talking about like the two week mark and how the two week is Mm -hmm. the worst point point for them but but they were also saying that what they suddenly realized they were doing was that they were almost edging themselves and keeping the energy directed to having sex at some point. And this was actually creating a, a loop that meant that they couldn't relax into, right. into the next stage. Yes. Uh, and and yes. I hadn't really come across that concept yeah, I, before and it really resonated with me.
1: Yeah. I, I think that there's a, um, it's like, I forget what I called it on the blog, but it's, it's like the privilege of having the penis, especially in a, in a heterosexual relationship. But, uh, there's this expectation that you're going to be able to use it either. If not now, then maybe at some point. And I think that that's, that's, that's right on for some of us, for me, um, you really need to, to unlearn that, that privilege, that expectation, because it is not constructive to, to being like this. That, that, just because I have a penis on my body does not mean that that I am the kind of person who gets to do anything with it. And if I keep thinking about that moment, that is really, actually, I think, uh, a critical sort of learning for people who are trying to do this long term is to let go of that expectation that something like that will happen. And it actually became easier for me, as I said, my my wife Bell and I the she would let me out every weekend, every other weekend, something like that. And it became so consistent. Like I became to, I came to expect it. And then I actually, I, I came to almost resent it because, um, I, I didn't want to have that expectation. You know, I didn't want, I wanted to lose that. I wanted to lose that, that, that feeling that I was going to be allowed to do something with this. Um, now the way that she manages me in that way is that I have absolutely no idea when it's going to happen. And, and I've, I've, I've lost the ability to sort of predict what she's going to do. Um, Because I I do think that, that we've both, she likes me better this way. She likes me better when I'm being denied. Um, She, she thinks this is sort of like the, the, the more perfect version of me than, than when I'm not. Um, So it's, it's I've been able to sort of let go of that expectation. Of course, the desire to do it never really goes away. But I do think that that extra sort of like, okay, well, if not today, then tomorrow, maybe this weekend, you know, you start to like, or, or you start looking for like, uh, um, sort of significant dates, you know, my birthday's coming up, you know, Father's Day, our anniversary, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's just a distraction. And I think that it's really important if you're going to try to live like this um, long term to really let go of that stuff, to let go of that expectation, to stop thinking about the day when you're allowed out, because it's not—it's not constructive. It, it doesn't help, you know. It's not worthwhile.
0: Thank you. I, I think that's some really useful advice for people because um, I, I know that in my explorings of it, you know, I have had issues when. I've been in that loop and I've found it quite unhealthy mm-hmm. when I can't on um, break out of it. Let's say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's to the point now where like when I see, and I think about, I think about that as, as it relates to, to, to being a, a cuck, you know, at least emotionally, if not like in reality, it hasn't happened yet. Um, You, you want your partner to have the pleasure. You want them to experience what they want to experience but you've sort of disconnected you as being the sort of the pathway for that experience. You still want them to have the pleasure. You still want them to have the experience, but you no longer think that it's necessarily something you need to do. And so, and, and you're totally committed in their pleasure. And so when you can, when you can disconnect those things, when you can sort of take your genitalia out of the equation, um, I think it just, it just, it allows you to be, um sort of more at peace right, with it. But but I find that that's really what, for me, when this idea of being a cuckold or being a cuck um, unlocked in my head, it was like, I want her to feel that. I want her, if she wants to be fucked, I want her to feel that, but I don't necessarily need to be the one to do it. And then realizing that, honestly, maybe I'm not the best person for that. And then when you get into that kind of thinking, um, I think you're really sort of and getting into a good place, right? Where it, the 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 most important thing is the pleasure of your partner or the satisfaction of your partner, and then you can really ask yourself, "Well, am I even the right person to do that?" You know, and 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 honestly, at this point, I'm not for a variety of reasons. So if you can take that expectation of of your own uh, pleasure or indulgence out of the equation, I think it's it's worthwhile. Um, I've also
0: come across with increasing frequency about dominance, masses and tops also going into chastity as well. And they uh, do that as a way of keeping their sexual energy and their sexual energy high. Have, uh, have, have you come across this?
1: I, I, the first, I remember when I first, you know, I, yeah, I have. And uh, I think it just is sort of an indication of, of, of sort of the maturity of chastity in general as a practice. Um, but yeah, especially, obviously, uh, in, 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 in sort of same-sex uh, scenarios, I think it, it makes a lot of sense because it, it actually feels good. I, the one thing that I think about is that, you know, when you're young, when you're 16, 17, 18, you're horny all the time, right? All the time. And so to a certain extent, being locked in chastity and denying either yourself or being denied um, sort of the...
0: As we start this new year, it's a perfect time to explore and deepen your understanding of the master-slave dynamic and find the right master or slave for you. As an international executive coach, along with my years of experience in the master-slave lifestyle, I can help guide and support you on your next steps with the master-slave lifestyle. I have a process that allows you to build confidence in all areas of your life and to discover what you really want from this lifestyle. Have you ever fantasized about being someone's object, a dog bowl with your name on it or a slave to serve your every rim and to have someone that connects to you in a way that you cannot with anyone else? Perhaps this is the year to do that. I've helped many masters and slaves move forward. Guy Baldwin says he considers Phil a world-class authority regarding master-slave and power dynamic relationships. Cuffboy says slave Phil is the guide you want on your journey. Foot Soldier said that he's now going out on the fetish scene and making friends and raging times to visit and serve masters thanks to Phil's coaching. And Master M says his dominant side was there all along and now that he knows this there's no going back for him. I have two places open for coaching this month. So if you're interested, hit reply and get in touch. Whether you're looking for your first steps or you're an established person in the scene or in an existing relationship, I can help. Find out more at
1: lifestyle.com slash coaching. Relief of of sexual release is kind of a time machine it makes you feel younger it makes it sort of returns to you that that sensation of like being horny all the time like you were when you were 17 um and like could fuck anything five times in an hour uh like like that kind of feeling is what what denial and chastity can give you so i think that if you're if you're a top um yeah that that could you know if you know used um you know at the right time that could pro- that could really amp up your experience for sure because i i do think that you know it's hard it's hard if you're if you're really turned on and horny there's the some guys that do that do denial without a device i i i have a really hard time understanding how that works because i'm just like i'm not i don't have the self control necessary to keep my hands off myself <laughs> you know what i'm saying so if 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 you were on the other side of the equation, if you were the Dom or the top and, and you wanted to sort of build up your your energy, I think chastity is a really good way to do it. Thank you.
0: So so let's say that I'm, um, that, that there's someone who's never done chastity at all before and they're interested mm-hmm. in getting a cage or a belt. What, what would you recommend for, 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 for those people to do?
1: I think that the, today there are a number of really good devices that are out there. You said that you were in the CB six thousand. That was the first device I did too. That one, that one is really bad. That one is really bad. So I would, I would <laughs> beg, I would plead people not to get one of those. That would be a really uh, nasty first experience. Um, but there's take the Holy Trainer. Take- there's the. Mine didn't mine didn't break into uh though at the time that was a big deal um on 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 the on the internet, you know, talking and hearing from people whose cages had split. And the really the sort of super evil part of that is the way that it works is like the erection causes the cage to split. And when the erection goes down, there's still skin between and it gets pinched. And it's like yeah. I mean, it, it's it's almost like devised to be the most uh horrible torture device you could think of. Um but mine never split. My biggest issue was that the base ring is is square for some reason. And so it has these like sharp edges um, that when, you know, when pressurized, those sharp edges just dig into you. So I would, I mean, I was getting wounded from the thing. I was getting like, you know, super raw. It, it was just really, really unpleasant. But then I was also like so committed to being in chastity that I would just sort of like suck it up and try to live through it. So it was, it was not great. Um, but yeah, there's devices now there's the Holy trainer, there's the Cobra. Oh, I'm forgetting. Um, I'm forgetting others. There's, there's a number of really good, um, devices out there. And I think that they're really, they're really good options because they're much more comfortable. They're much simpler than they used to be. Um, and, and there's differing sizes of cages and rings. So what I found to be the case, and I think a lot of men find this when they first get into Chastity the, 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 the right sized base ring goes down over time. And it isn't because the penis is getting smaller. That's not a thing that happens, but I do think that our ability, our, our bodies adjust. And so like when I first was wearing chastity, my base ring had to be like 50 millimeters or else I was in a lot of pain and like my balls would turn purple and like all kinds of horrible things. But now, um, you know, the steel heart device that I was wearing uh, pretty much, most of the time the that's a 45 millimeter base ring and it's only five millimeters doesn't sound like that big of a deal but in we're talking about base rings and and holding on to erections and things that's 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 quite a bit of, of difference. Um so I what I like about the new devices is that the the, the rings in the in the tubes are interchangeable so that you can start at one size and then move in a different direction um over time. Uh same thing with the cages uh I think it it used to be very very common for guys to get cages that are too big and actually having a cage that's too large is less comfortable than having a cage that's small, which is totally counterintuitive. But now you see on the market just tons and tons of like very small cages. In fact, cages that don't exist, that, that are like de- devices that are designed to keep the penis inside the body pretty much all the time. Those are all over the market and very popular. When I first got into this, there was nothing like that because everyone was trying to I think the thinking back then was that the the cage should be as close to the size of the erect penis as possible, which actually in, yeah. in, in, in practicality is is the exact opposite of what you want. You want, uh, you can always go smaller, but having a size, it, it's actually much less comfortable having a big cage than a small cage. So I, that, I, I think that, that someone who's just thinking to get into it, you know, get their measurements. You want to know, you know, what's the average size of your penis when it's flaccid, um, length, circumference, you want to know the circumference around, you know, behind your balls. um, And uh, when when you're, you know, when you're hard, when you're not hard, um, and then sort of uh, find the right combination of cage and ring that works for you. And, and, um, and just give it a shot. I mean, it's, you can buy them directly from the manufacturers, which is what I would recommend you do to support the creators. Um, or there's like, you know, a zillion guys out there that are knocking off things like holy trainers and cobras. Um, but that's what I would do. I would go with, with one of these, uh, devices where you can mix and match different size rings and tubes, find the right size, and then just try to figure out if it fits who you are. You know, there's, there's the fitting the device on you physically, but there's also fitting the device in you, um, sort of emotionally and, and sexually, and so if being locked up and denied is right for you, the only way for you to find out, if it turns you on, if you're really into the idea of it, the only way to know if it's right for you is to give it a shot. Um, but it might not be. You might find that it, it doesn't work for whatever reason. Maybe it doesn't work because of where you are in your life. Um, maybe it doesn't work because it would only work for you in in the context of a relationship. Um, there's all kinds of reasons why it might not work. Um, so what I also see a lot of is people who, they get into it, it doesn't work. They come back to it and it does work. Uh, and I think that's that's an important thing to think about too, that that, that it, it might not just work for you at this point. And I can say from my personal experience that there have been times in my life since that I, I've been in chastity, sometimes it's easier than others. Right now, it's like really easy for me. Our kids are out of the house um you know just where i am in my life it's really easy to to be in chastity all the time but there have been times when it was actually much more difficult so but i I think that i think one of these sort of like mass-produced um popular devices is the way to go is the way to start um and then just go from there like
0: i've I've also um read it is probably on on your website too. don't go for something too expensive. If you just, if you're still, if you're just starting out. So for instance, a metal belt, which you're trying to custom size, you right. can't do that because you don't know what your size is, you know, and you're going to waste a lot of money on exactly
1: it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't get a custom metal device until a couple of years into, um, into my chat, my time in chastity. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the worst thing you can do is go custom right out of the gate because you don't even know you don't even know what your sizing is yet, you know. Um, and like I said, your sizing is going to change. Mine did. I, I my the, the 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 cages got smaller and so did the rings. Like the whole thing got smaller over time um, because that's just what I became more comfortable with. Uh, so yeah, I would not go custom right out of the gate. I wouldn't go metal right out of the gate. Um, any kind of metal, even though I think. I mean, I think think metal devices are absolutely the hottest fucking thing in the world. It's not where I would suggest anyone start just because um, there's a lot of little fiddly bits. You have have to understand how it works, you know, and and how it works on you. And plastic is just way better for that. Way way more forgiving. And you just got more, you got way more options as far as getting the right fit. And then once you have the fit correct and you sort of know where you are, then you can move into custom devices or, or metal or something like that.
0: And how, how, do you always use a cage? So, so something that's just around the cock, or have you ever considered a belt, which has then got
1: the straps around the waist and and stuff as well? I've never worn a belt. I would really like to, actually. Um, I I did a, a I asked my followers on Twitter the other day, um, what device they started with, and then what device they're in now, and way more than I expected. We're in full belts. A lot of them were in that behind bars um, belt. I think it's from the UK. Uh, oh, I, yes. I'm super interested in that. Um, I I would like to wear one. I probably haven't done it yet, just because of the cost and because I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes to like trying to figure that out. Also, I run, so part I was I, for a while. I was like, can I even wear one of those if I'm running? I don't want to go through the trouble of like changing in and out of the thing. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to run, I have been told though, um, uh, the guy on Twitter ruffled sheets, he has behind bars belt and he runs in his. So, um, yeah, I'm super intrigued by that. I've never done it. Uh, just because I've never done it. I, I, I actually would very much like to, to give that a shot. All I've ever worn are the, you know, trapped ball devices. I've worn a couple of devices that only just go on the head of the penis, um, that are held on by, uh, a, Prince Albert piercing Um, I've worn a few of those um, but almost exclusively I've been uh, sort of a trapped ball device guy.
0: Let's 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 go on to that now because this is something that I've suddenly found so from when I was in that CB6000 to many years later I'm starting to experiment again I've now got a PA piercing and this has completely opened Mm -hmm. a new world to me it's like okay so how does the PA piercing fit with the idea of chastity as well?
1: I will tell you that I got a PA for chastity. Like that. I did it specifically for chastity because I wanted a more secure experience. So I didn't have a PA, then I'm like, well, how can I use my PA in chastity? For me, it was exactly the other way around. And again, it was similar to when I found chastity to begin with and knew that it was a thing that I had to do. When I saw that you could use a piercing in the penis to make the the experience of being in chastity a more secure experience i knew i had to do it so i went and got pierced uh specifically for for chastity and and when i did it i i was still in the cb6000 so using it in that way was was a real pain in the ass it was you know there you had to have the a ring that would come out of the tube and then there was like a wire on the outside and it was just and then because the tube was too long you know, the penis would retract and the wire would hold the ring and there'd be tension there. And it was, it was terrible. It was just terrible. Um, it was a really bad experience. No, now I have devices where it's, it's built in In fact, the one I'm wearing right now, the, 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 um, badass workroom, uh, BA 31 P I think it's called. Um, it has a, a PA hook built into the device. My steel heart, um, has a, a, a little sort of a, 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 PA fixing inside the tube that the, the, the PA ring, um, fits around. So there's no more pulling. Um, there's very little pinching. Uh, and, and so now that there are devices out there, um, uh, that that are designed to take advantage of, of a PA piercing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it really changes it because if I'm wearing a Holy trainer or, or a Cobra or something like that, um, part of the, chastity experiences in my head i have to not pull out the back and i some guys have said to me that they're in devices they're not pierced oh i can't get out of it yeah you can of course you can i'm not gonna like if you want to like say that you can't i totally understand why you're saying that but of course you can penises are like octopuses they can they can get in and out of the (laughs) tiniest little you know there's, there's like of course you can get out of it if you're in the shower and you're all soaked up, and you're not pierced, you can get out of it, right? That's just how it is. Um, But when you're pierced, you can't, there's absolutely no way to get out of the damn thing without breaking it, or unlocking it. And that's sort of a different experience. And so I I don't, I'm not telling someone who isn't pierced, they're doing it wrong. That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, But for me, it was, it was really important to have that sort of added layer of security. And I feel, I just feel better when I'm locked that way, because I know that I don't have to I don't have to you know, think about not getting out the back of it because I can't.
0: I was, I was also doing some research, and it turned <laughs> out one of my friends has been experimenting with this as well. And he um, actually has found, I think it's with Aliexpress, a very cheap 30 euro one. And he actually prefers it to most of the others that he's tried. So if someone is interested mm-hmm. in doing chastity with PA, you can still go for cheap plastic options before you go to the more expensive metal ones. Um, but I, I was really surprised oh, I was sure. going yeah. to avoid it. But he was like, no, I, I kind of go out to um the shops wearing it and stuff. It's all fine. I actually find it more comfortable than some of the more expensive ones. So that kind of changed a bit of my mindset yeah. about, about experimenting with plastic PA chast- chastity belts.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the other manufacturer that I would want to point out is Evotion. Evotion, um, they do custom 3D printed devices and they have uh, they have designs that are um, that integrate PA locks. and I think you know it's it's tricky to try to figure out a way to get the PA in there as you know and everything else. And I think that their device is uh, it's it's 3D printed plastic, so you know you can go through metal detectors and things like that if you have to. Uh, it's much lighter and it's totally custom. They build it uh, bespoke to to your measurements. So that's another manufacturer that I would want to call out. But yeah, you're right. I mean it. I, I like penises are like snowflakes, right? There, there's, there's no, no two are exactly alike, and so um, a device that works great for me isn't necessarily going to work great for you, and and you just sort of have to you have to be willing to experiment a little bit. If what you have isn't working and isn't quite right, you're going to have to experiment. There is there is something out there, either either something mass manufactured that just happens to work for you, or you can work with someone like Evotion or um, you know Steelworks or someone like that, and they can make something custom for you.
0: And then, um, coming on on to the final few questions. So if you're someone that is playing in chastity and now wants to go much more serious, what would you recommend for someone, someone to do in, um, making, making this step?
1: Well, I think that the, the PA piercing is, is an example of how you can take it more serious. Um, for sure. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you need to change the device. If you want to be more serious, it could be that you just extend the time. Um, it could be that you. um, Yeah. I think that being more serious in my mind, you know, as I became more serious or got more and more committed to it, it just was like longer and longer periods. And then, you know, the things we talked about before the sort of the, the ways to sort of, rid yourself of that sort of denial angst the the denial like the bad energy that comes from being denied trying to work on on how not to ride that wave because some i mean that is kind of fun right you like if you if you are anticipating release you're anticipating the time out um you can you can sort of ride that little wave and if it happens that can be that can be good um but if you want to get more serious maybe you want to uh, experiment with putting that off for longer periods of time, or, you know, depending on, on, you know, your situation, if you have a partner who can help you out with this, maybe it turns into some random thing where like, you don't even know when it's going to happen. And you really sort of lose all control over that and sort of hand it off to someone else entirely um, would be a way to take it more serious. And then just sort of, find a way to be okay with that um it's really about commitment i think which again i'm not i don't ever want to say that if someone's doing it on the weekends only or they unlock when they go to work in the morning or something like that they're not doing it wrong they're doing it the way that works for them but this commitment idea you know taking it more seriously could just mean really letting go of this idea that you have sort of any right to decide when you get access to the contents of the device. Um, being okay with the amount of time that you're in the device being extended. Um, if you want to like take the physical experience up a notch, a PA piercing, or there's other kind of piercings, but PA piercings are the ones that are most common, um, commonly used to help secure chassis devices. Um, yeah, th- those sorts of things. Also, another way to make, to be more serious about it is to be, more open with other people that you're doing it obviously um if if you are in uh relate if you have friends who you can share this with without you know freaking them out um sort of being more honest about that uh with other people is a way to be more serious about it too because then i think that once you're willing to sort of like admit it to someone um you've you've it's it's a more serious thing you know what i mean it's not just something you're playing around with. It's it's part of who you are um, because you want people to know it about yourself. Uh, so that would be maybe another way to be more serious about it. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, We're coming to the end of the questions now. Is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: Not that I can think of. You know, I like talking about this. I like um, one of the most sort of rewarding aspects of, of of this for me has been sort of discovering the community, especially on Twitter. Um of all the other guys who, who are doing this. Um, and there's a real camaraderie, I think, uh, among men who are in this situation or people with penises who, who are in this situation. Um, and so that's been really rewarding for me. I think also is, is meeting a lot of these guys and, and developing relationships online with them. Um, so that, that's, that's just a, sort of an unintended consequence. When I started the blog, when I started writing about this, it was primarily because I didn't find a lot of, a lot of content out there that wasn't fantasy, that wasn't like crazy pornography. And, and I didn't really, I didn't, I mean, I certainly, when I started the blog, I didn't even have a chassis device yet. So I knew that's where we were going, but I didn't consider myself an expert on it. I just wanted to sort of document my experience for other people. And and over time, you do something long enough, you do become an expert in a thing. And so that's where I am now. But um, the, the most rewarding part of this whole thing in creating the blog and, and getting the following on Twitter and everything else is meeting all the other guys who are, who are doing the same thing and realizing that there is, there is community there and there is um, sort of a brotherhood there. And that, that's been really cool. That's been really rewarding. So doing things like this, being on your podcast and, and, and just sort of like talking about this as, as, a, as a thing that, that a lot of guys do that seems to be becoming more and more popular all the time. Um, I just think it's important. I think it's important to be out there and talking about this stuff.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak on this episode. Um, I think there's, I mean, your passion really com- comes across as, as well as your knowledge. So thank you so much.
1: No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. If
0: you'd like to be interviewed by me or know someone who would, you can get in touch with me at the email contact at lifestyle.com. You can now support the podcast, website, and Master community through Patreon membership. Receive benefits such as early access to the podcast, exclusive video workshops, and more, along with my thanks for supporting me. There is now a free download to have to take the next steps in the master slave lifestyle, suitable for both beginners and those who want a full-time relationship. Check out the show notes for more information on both. And if you're interested in finding out more on the 24/7 total power exchange lifestyle, go to the website at masterslavelifestyle.com for more information. Thank you all for listening.
1: Hey